Thanks for joining us today at City Life. We believe today's message will empower you and point you towards Jesus. But remember that church is so much more than a message you listen to. It's a living, breathing community that we invite you to be a part of. We hope to see you on a Sunday morning at City Life, in person or online. We have been on this series called Uprising. Virtues that transform the world. How many can you say virtues? Now, I was trying to think of a way to describe virtues because virtues is one of those words many of us might not be familiar with. It's not a very common used word in our vocabulary. We don't give it much thought. I mean, that's kind of obvious of the evidence in our world. But when I was trying to think, I was like, how could I, like, if I were to describe virtues, what would I use? And I thought of filters. How many of you know those crazy filters on social media? How many of you play around with them? Some of you just love it because they make you look so much better than what they, you really are. Go ahead. This, this is amazing. See, look at They make you look so much better than you are, especially the one with the big wild lips on the end there on the far right. It's just like, oh, my gosh. It's like now I know why people look good on, you know, Instagram all the time. It's like how come people always look so good? It's like now I know. It's all filters. Some of you just look so great with filters. But then there's the other version that make us look a lot worse than what we are. Hello. <laughs> I don't even know what to call that. It's just like, seriously, this is like, this is so terrible. But, you know, I think virtues, if I were to describe virtues, I think virtues work the same way. Virtues are character qualities that we put on that are either revealing how awesome and amazing God is or a really bad distorted picture of who God is. <laughs> and see, this applies to every single one of us as humans. It's not just for Christians or people of faith or people who are Jesus followers. See, God's purpose for your life is that you would image him. That's part of what it means to be created in the image of God. And so what it means to be made in the image of God, that involves imaging God into the world, imaging God into creation. In other words, we're not just, and, and you, maybe this is news to you, maybe you're not aware of this, but the reason that God made us is to reflect him, to reflect how great he is, to how, how awesome he is. And, you know, Jesus explained it like this in John 17. He said, I've commissioned them to represent me just as you commissioned me to represent you. He was speaking to his disciples, and this is one of the last messages Jesus gave before he went to the cross. And he was, this was part of a prayer he prayed. And he said, I'm commissioned them to represent me. Everyone say, I'm a representative. I'm a representative. See things that we talk about, you know, qualities, you know, qualities, character qualities, like courage or or loyalty, or perseverance, those aren't just great ways to live. They're actually the way we re-presence Jesus into our world. See, following Jesus isn't about being good people. It's about being changed so that God's life starts to come out of us in a very real way, not in a fake way. And it's about, it's about represencing Jesus in a way that releases his 
power, his presence to bring healing to our world. Now, when I say healing, I don't mean just like, oh, you have, you know, this sickness. You need to be healed. Yes, he wants to do it. I'm talking about healing things like, you know, all of the stuff that's just maybe the stuff that gets you frustrated in the world. Maybe cancel culture or, you know, just some of you might be completely frustrated with, with, with what's going on, even with social media. How many of you are social media? How many of you have so many times wanted to just delete your account? Yeah, hello, two hands here, yeah, all feet, all, all four feet, all four foot, all four hands and feet in the air. I don't have four feet, I have two. <laughs> but is it true? You're on social media, it's kind of like us, oh, this love-hate relationship. It's like, I want to be on it, I want to I see what's going on. I got friends, I got family. I'm just like, oh, it's kind of fun. I make these videos and people like it, and it's kind of cool. And You know, but there's this love-hate relationship where you just want to delete that account because it is... It's just like, you're just done with all of the talks that you've done with the cancel culture. You're done with just the stupidness. Anybody with me? It's just kind of like, I love it. I know you, but I mean, you guys are stupid. Like, this is crazy. Like, this is nuts. But see, what if instead of deleting, what if we started to represence Jesus through what we give honor to? That's how we change things. What we, our content we post or what we focus on, what we, what, we, what we bring acknowledgement to, everything, not just everything that's wrong, but what about what would happen if we started to put emphasis on what's right in our world? You know, sometimes it feels overwhelming. It's like, well, what difference? I can't change the system. I can't fix the algorithms. But you know what? You can make a difference for one. And see, releasing God's healing presence into our world, it, maybe it looks like this for you. Maybe you're, you know, you, 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 school or work, you're like, I'm surrounded by idiots. Like, I, they're like, I hate my life, I hate school, I hate work. Well, guess what? You know how God wants to help the idiots in our life? Everybody say me. Yeah. You know, we want we wanted God to just kind of, Lord, send revival. Lord, send it now. Heaven break out with a lightning bolt on these people, please. But you actually know what we're, like when we just sang that song, heaven break out, Lord, send revival. You know what we're asking? We're actually praying. Do you know how revival's going to come? Do you know how heaven breaks out? It's when we choose to show honor. It's when we choose to show kindness where it's not deserved, where we choose to show loyalty, where it's not deserved. See, that kind of healing presence, that's what, that's what helps the idiots in our world. <laughs> because guess what? We are all that. Those of you who are followers of Christ, someone loved you while you were an idiot. Someone prayed for you. Someone was kind to you. Someone showed you grace that you did not deserve. And see, that's meant to flow through us. And see, maybe God's healing power for you, maybe it looks like maybe you are the only, maybe you're the only Jesus follower in your friend's circle or your family, and you're just kind of like, I'm just like so done being the only one. I'm done with the rude comments. I'm done with the, the meanness. I'm done with being just kind of rejected. Everybody makes fun of me. You're just done. You know what I want to encourage you with? Do you know why you are the only one in your friend's circle? Why you are the only one in your family who is a Jesus follower? It's because God saw all of the people that are in your world and would be in your world. He saw your whole family. 
and his plan to rescue all of them was to get a hold of one. And you just happened to be the one who had the softest heart, the most open heart. And it's through you that God can show his kindness and his loyalty. Now, that's not easy by any means. But see, this is what we mean when we talk about releasing God's healing presence into the world. And this is what we're here for. Everyone say virtues. Say this is getting, it'll get better. <laughs> well, today I want to talk about generosity. Oh, here we go. Now, this is when we talk about generosity. Many of us instantly go to money. How many of you, be honest, I thought of money when I heard generosity? Yep, of course. And some of you are like, yeah, like roll your eyeballs. Yeah. It's amazing what you see from the platform here. It's so great. <laughs> but you know what? We think of generosity, we think money. And then usually our brain goes to, well, I don't have a lot of money, so this doesn't apply to me. And we tune out. I want you to stay tuned in. Online, I want you to stay tuned in because you know what? I want to show you. I want to help us to get a new way of thinking about generosity because if we can get this, it's actually going to bring a greater sense of purpose and actually real joy to your life. Everyone say, generosity is more than just the money. It's more than just in one mind. Let's see what Jesus had to say about generosity. Luke 6, 31 to 38. I'm reading out of the message. And Jesus, he said, here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you. Then grab the initiative and do it for them. That's the long version of what we, some of you might have learned in Sunday school, the golden rule. Do for others what you want them to do to you. If you only love the lovable... Do you expect a pat on the back? Run-of-the-mill sinners do that. <laughs> if you only help those who help you, do you expect a medal? Garden variety sinners do that. I love reading the Bible because this is Jesus, and you can't just say, shut up, preacher. I don't want to listen to you. If you only give for what you hope to get out of it, do you think that's charity? The stingiest of pawnbrokers do that. Wow. I tell you, love your enemies. Oh, dear God. I feel like I just need to wait just a minute. We really need to let these words sit in. Because we don't do this. Do we? No. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll, you'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us. Generously and graciously. Everyone said generously and graciously. Generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Everyone say, I'm really bad. <laughs> This I, we need to get this because we're told in our whole everyday life and in the world around us, we're just so good. We're just the best. No, we're not. We're horrible, rotten people. And you know what? This 
is meant to help you feel better because you actually can't receive the fullness of God's grace and his mercy and his kindness and his love and his forgiveness as long as you think you qualify. But we need to actually see, we need to get to the place where we realize, I so do not qualify. I am so not deserving. Because God's grace and forgiveness only comes to the undeserving. And as long as we feel like we deserve it because we've fulfilled some kind of thing in our eyes or somebody's eyes, we fulfilled it and I've done this and now I'm deserving of this. I've earned this. As long as that's our response in life, you know what? You cut, you're, we're cutting ourselves off from the grace and mercy of God to heal us and transform us and actually turn us into who we're the best version of ourselves. So you can never become the best version of, your, of yourself by having all the right quotes on your living room wall and really cool frames. Or on your refrigerator with a gazillion magnets to pump you up. Now there's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the way to the true, the best version of yourself. The best version of yourself can only come through the life of Jesus Christ living in me and me receiving what I don't deserve. His virtue living in me, and I receive that by choice, and I receive that through His grace, but then it continues to grow in me through the choices that I make. We're gonna unpack that more. Let me go back again. I tell you, love your enemies, help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God created identity the way our Father lives towards us generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind, you be kind. There we go. Be kind. Don't pick on people. Don't jump on their failures, criticize their faults, unless, of course, you want the same treatment. Oh, man, social media would get, like, saved if we just did that. Can you imagine? Don't condemn those who are down. That hardness boomerangs. Be easy on people. You'll find life a lot easier. Give away your life. You'll find life given back, but not merely given back. Giving back with bonus and blessing. Giving, not getting, is the way generosity begets generosity. Let me ask you this. On a scale, on a generosity scale of 1 to 10, 1 being you're the devil, 10 being you're Jesus, where do you put yourself on that scale? <laughs> where would you put yourself? On the generosity scale. See, there are benefits to generosity. Let's just talk health, just the practical side of, of generosity. This is what's crazy. They've actually done, they've actually done studies on this, if you want to look up studies. Like the health benefits of generosity, people who are generous, they have a, they have a longer lifespan. They have more friends. They have deeper relationships. They have a healthier immune system. Go figure. They've done fMRI, which means a functional MRI where you can, they can see what's going on in the brain as you're doing different activities. They've shown that when people are being generous, it activates the pleasure and reward center of your brain. That's cool, hey? Generosity is also a pain reliever. You know, one of the coolest stories I remember hearing was from Matthew Barnett, who oversees and leads what's called the Dream Center down in L.A. And the Dream Center, if you're not familiar with it, it's a place right in the heart of some of the worst neighborhoods of the city. And it's a place where people come and they have a lot of outreaches to a lot of the homeless, to gang members, to drug addicts. It's like a, just a, a whole lot of very, very broken, hurting, needing people and miracle transformations in their lives. It's one of the coolest things and one of the coolest um, 
ministries that I've heard of. And one of the stories he told, he told of one lady who had come in and she had just, her life was a wreck. I mean, it was just like, had experienced great loss or death. I mean, and, and very suicidal in her thoughts. And just, she was, she was broken and she's like, I need help, I need help. And she'd come in and they'd, you know, they helped her for a few times. And finally after coming, she was still coming in. It's like, I'm so broken. I'm a victim of this. And I was abused that and this and this and this and this. And they're like, listen, this is what you need to do. You need to go home and bake cookies. Dozens. Bring them back here for all these people. That's what we need help with right now. And she's like, well, oh, I, I couldn't do that, and you don't know my story. And they're like, no. Bake cookies. <laughs> and over the period of a few weeks, that's what she's just, I'm going to bake cookies. And bake her cookies and brings her cookies. And she's like, oh, something feels different. And you know the way that she experienced healing in her own life? Baking cookies. <laughs> she heard the pain of her own life started to diminish as she was giving out to others who were a lot worse than what she was experiencing in life. You know, but on a deeper level, beyond just the practical levels of generosity, generosity is one of the ways that we break the power of two very destructive mindsets that are very prevalent in our culture and we are probably stuck in in one way or other. One of them is consumerism. The I see it, want it, need it, gotta have it now. But then also something that goes with it and they're both just kind of two versions of the same thing, like two sides of the same, scarcity. Now a scarcity mindset Instantly, we'd probably think of money. I just, I don't have enough money. And, and you know what? I even know personally in my life, I, that was a mindset. And sometimes it still comes up where I just got to, I got to kill that thing. You know, I was raised in an environment where there was, we had enough, but there wasn't always an abundance. It always felt like, oh, we're just barely making it. And some weeks we weren't making it. And my mom and dad were wonderful. They were so, they were very generous people. But there was, there was something in the thinking that needed to change. There was a scarcity mindset. There's never enough. And what happens when you live in a scarcity mindset, you end up holding on to things very tightly. And see, a scarcity mindset can be about finance, but a scarcity mindset, you can be really rich and have a scarcity mindset. Because a scarcity mindset can show up in a way of, I don't have enough time. I'm so full. My schedule's so full. It's so crazy. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. That's a scarcity mindset. Sometimes a scarcity mindset shows up with, I don't have enough, I'm just not smart enough. I just don't have smarts like anybody else. Or, I don't have energy. I just don't have enough energy. Oh my gosh, I don't have enough energy. There's a lot of ways a scarcity mindset can show up, but generosity is the way that we overcome, where we get out from underneath these two destructive mindsets. See, as Jesus followers, we're called out of scarcity and consumerism, and we're called into what Jesus said, abundant life. Can you say abundant life? Abundant life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life, abundant life, and life more abundantly. See, the life that Jesus invites us into and the life that he wants to release through us is this life where there is more than enough because we're meant to live reflecting our God who is a generous God. So, how do we grow a generous soul? Have you ever wondered? 
No, but you say, because nobody said anything. <laughs> How do you grow a generous soul? Well, I'm going to show you one verse that I would probably guess 99.9% .9 of the people in this room or watching online have heard this verse and you're familiar with it. Even if it's only watching it across the screen at a football game. John 3.16. I think John 3.16 is kind of like the hinge verse that encapsulates so much, almost all of who God is. But also it shows this is how, it's a template for how we grow a generous soul. You ready to go? You ready to go? Sort of like, oh, I don't know about this. Here we go. For God. This is where generosity starts. Because see, generosity is a reflection of God's nature. Everything God does is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask, think, dream, or imagine. That's Ephesians 20. That's what God's nature is. God is the God who goes so far beyond our expectations. The minute, and I love how someone described it. He said, the minute you can imagine it, God's got something greater that he wants to do. And see, for God, generosity starts with God. It's about honoring God. It's about reflecting him. I love this. Being made in his image. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives towards us. Generously and graciously. See, you and I are designed to function at our best when we're living generous lives. What does that mean? Well, it goes on to the next part. He's so loved. Everyone say, so loved. So loved. Generosity is about giving to those who can't, don't, won't pay us back or deserve it. Oh, here's that wonderful verse. If you only love the lovable, do you expect a pat on the back? See, generosity is actually love made visible. It's God's love made visible. Ephesians 5.2 says, observe how Christ loved us. His love was not cautious but extravagant. He didn't love in order to get something from us but to give everything of himself to us. Love like that. See, this is what generosity is. It's practical love. It's love that is, it's just because love. It's love that doesn't need anything in return. It's love that doesn't need any kind of, okay, I kind of patted your back. Now, you know, you come and pat my back. You know, I did for you, I did for you. That's not love. Love is Bringing others in close when you'd rather keep them at arm's distance. But it goes on. For God so loved what? The world. The world. And see, this is where we grow a generous heart is when we can see the world around us. It's, it's about others. Generosity is beyond our own circle, beyond our own circle of friends, our circle of activities, our circle, whatever, our circle of life, whatever you want to call it. But generosity is about others. It's not about 
me looking good or just look at what I did for others, but it's about others, simply about others. That he gave. You know what I think? Man, like, can we let that just, again, another one we just need to pause on and let it sink in. God, so let that he gave. The God of the universe gave. He gave. He didn't just toss us a rope saying, you know, okay, you guys are idiots, I better do something. By the way, he does not call you idiot. That's my language. I'm not calling you idiots either. I'm just saying, I'm in that lump too. <laughs> I'm putting myself in the idiot boat. We are all in this together. Idiots that need rescuing. But generosity, it's about others. It's seen beyond our own need and it's seen where, what is it, what is the opportunity right now that he gave, God so loved the world, that he gave. You know, I love this statement someone made. They said, as Christians pour themselves out for their neighbors, the world catches a glimpse of the God who poured himself out on the cross. See, that's the whole purpose. God so loved the world that he gave his what? His only. His only. What is your only that you could give? Well, I only have this hour this week. I only have this talent. I only have so much patience. <laughs> I only have so much energy and there's not a lot there. What's your only that you could give? Gave his only son. It's personal. You know what I find so crazy about the whole story is that, you know, God had already given everything he could in creation when he made so much that we don't need or deserve. We don't need rainbows. We don't need food that's flavored. We don't need colors. We don't need a gazillion thousands of different forms of beetles or types of trees or plants or different flavors of whatever, anything. But God gave it to us. But yet we still messed everything up. And so God came in the flesh as himself. And see, generosity isn't just what comes from our hand. It's a giving of our entire self. It's our lifestyle. Generosity is a way of living. It's a way of seeing. It's a way of being. I love the next part. That whoever, whoever, generosity isn't selective. It's like whoever. Generosity has room for whoever. It's not like, well, I did my part. Somebody else can do it now. I did this, I gave my time, I gave this, I gave that. It's like, no, generosity is just like, it's whoever. Whoever is in front. Whoever, what is, whatever is the opportunity in front of us. Believes in him. And you know what? This is the purpose of our generosity right here. It's whoever believes in him. This is the whole purpose of generosity. It's so hearts will open up to see how generous God is. How generous God is in his kindness and in his love and in his mercy to us. Should not perish. Our actions carry such powerful weight. Don't ever diminish the small thing that you do with a heart to be generous. You know, there's a story that Jesus, he was actually watching who gave what into the offering. And he was commenting on it to the disciples. 
One day there was a rich man who gave just a little bit of what he had. And one day there was a woman who put two mites, it says, now you can, two pennies or whatever. It was everything she had. And he said, she gave more than anybody else. See, the little that we do impacts. The little that you do impacts. The little generous encouragement, the little generous kindness that you show to somebody else, it impacts. Everyone say, it impacts. Should not perish but have eternal life. And you know what? Our generosity, there is a reward for it. It does impact eternity. Listen to this. Psalm 112 verse 9. It says, they share freely. And the, the they is the righteous person. Shares freely and gives generously to those in need. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. See, what we give out of a, the, the, a heart of generosity, and you know what? I'm going to be honest. This is not something that comes naturally to us. This is something we have to grow in, and this is where the virtues is. We, we choose to put them on like those filters. You're going to choose to do this even when it feels not natural. And I can tell you, man, when you try to start practicing generosity, it's called, it's called the practice of generosity. You're going to practice it because everything in your flesh is like, I ain't giving up that. Like, forget it. They don't deserve it. I don't have time. I'm too tired. I'm too this. Whatever the host excuses. It will not feel natural. But you know what? I know this, man. When you start practicing it, something starts changing in your heart. Something starts changing in you. And you know, this is actually easier than what you might believe. I want you to put, go ahead, media. You can put the 12 ways that you can practice generosity. This is also in the app. If you're following along in the notes, you've got this all in there. But I was trying to think, what is so practical? This is something every single one of us can do in the room. Number one, smile. Do you know how many people don't smile? It's true, because we're all looking at this. Come on. You students, your school, your school would, would be in revival. If you put the phone away in your pocket and walked around, now, mind you, I do understand people would think, you're well, why are you smiling at me? You're weird. <laughs> I get it. It might take a while, but you will make somebody's day. Smile. This, okay, you're going to practice. Smile at the person beside you. Jenny, just smile. Smile. Some of you are like, I don't want anybody to see my teeth. You just smile like this. Smile. Oh, number two, again, the world would be in revival. Jesus would come back if we just put away the phone and engaged with people's eyes. I am so serious about this. You know, practice this. Instead of when you're waiting for a friend, instead of at the bus stop or wherever you're waiting, keep your phone in your pocket, your purse, or wherever you need it, and just look at people. Smile. Just look and engage with them. Invite someone. It's on a Sunday or at school or in the lunchroom or wherever. Invite someone sitting alone to come sit with you. Text someone an encouraging message. If you're asked to do something or it's part of an assignment or part of a work order, do a little bit of extra that's not required or expected. Here's one. Show up early to welcome, help, and be ready. Not only at church, but anywhere you're expected to be. Show up early to be a part of welcoming others in. Serve on team. Make percentage giving your first priority. Spend time with people in need. Man, there's nothing wrong. 
being around people in need to show us how much we actually really do have. Do something for someone who can't repay you. Forgive someone and pray blessing on them. Wow. Oh, Jesus. Initiate a new friendship. One of the richest friendships in my life was one, it was simply one that God said, you need to go be that person's friend. It's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of intimidating because they were a pretty high-powered person, pretty amazing and doing a lot of stuff. And I just said, I need to reach out to them. It's become one of the richest friendships in my life. So many times we just think friendship just happens. That's rare. Some of your richest friendships are those that you will initiate. Can we stand, church? The band is... We're going to, I want you to close your eyes and I'm going to pray and I want us to take a moment here in, we're going to take some time in worship and we're going to open up our hearts because everything I've said, it's not something we just learn about and go do. We need the Holy Spirit to take that word, to take his word and get it in us to plant it in our hearts, to grow it in us, and to transform us. I want to invite you to close your eyes, and I want us to pray, because I know that there's some in this room and some watching on your online. It's like the whole idea of God being a generous God is foreign to you. It's, it's God has got something good for me. I, I, I don't know if I, I've ever heard that before. I don't know if I believe that, but you know what? God is. He's got more for you than what you can imagine, but it's not just He wants to give to you. He wants to give through you. He wants to release and I tell you, man, there is nothing like experiencing the life and the blessing of God flowing through your life and seeing it impact somebody else's life. Not to make you look good, but to see someone else encounter Jesus. That is your purpose and reason for existence. And I want us to pray this prayer. It's a prayer of surrender to Jesus. And then we're going to go into worship and we're going to give you a few minutes to really make that surrender personal. Can we pray this together? Say, Jesus, thank you for everything you've done to rescue me. I say yes to salvation, to the forgiveness of my sins, and a brand new start. Jesus, I receive your life. Thank you for making me new. Amen. We hope today's message encouraged you. If you want to take your next step in saying yes to Jesus, you can always contact us at cty.lc slash next step or fill out the next step section on the City Life app. It's an honor to play a small part in what God is doing in your life. We look forward to connecting with you soon.